Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everyone, just Dave here dropping in at the start of the episode to tell you that what you are about to hear is our 250th episode. Whoa! And because of that, it was recorded and streamed live at Stupid Old Studios. And if you want to watch the fun, you can still catch up on it at sospresents.com. And if you get a ticket to that, you can also get a season pass, which means you can watch the last two weeks' episodes, as well as our final stream this Saturday, August the 8th, 12pm Melbourne time. And if you have a ticket to this one, it also means we had our 250th birthday party after that, which was uh, a lot of fun. And we had all our former report givers sending in videos for a fun quiz. So if you have a ticket, you'll see the likes of Nick Mason, Mr. Sunday Movies, Claire Tonti, Alastair Anandi from Two in the Think Tank, Joel Dusha, Carl Chandler, Josh Earl, Naomi Higgins, Sam Tonkin from Listen Now. Ah, it was such a great time. The only other thing I have to say is uh, you'll notice that Matt's microphone sounds a little different to ours. That's because uh, Matt was feeling a little under the weather. So just to be safe, he went and got a COVID test and was isolating from us, which he's since been absolutely cleared of. But yeah, his microphone sounds a little bit different to ours, but you can absolutely hear him fine. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with 251 next week. Until then, here it is. 250. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm joined by Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello. Hello for what is the 250th time, guys. Yeah, and God, we look good. We look great. For 250, we look very good. 250 episodes young. Yeah. Has any other podcast ever done 250 episodes? I actually checked in the Guinness World Record book. Yeah. Uh, also known as the Guinness Book of Records. Yes. And um, we are the most prolific podcast of all time. Get out of town. Did you know that, Matt? And that's not even including the bonus what? episodes and all the amazing extra content we put out for people. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> is this an infomercial now? It is now. 
So yeah, you'll uh, never believe where I got the balloons for today. <laughs> I got them at Lombard, the paper people, <laughs> for all your party needs. Uh, for the people at home who are listening to this podcast right now, um, we are surrounded by balloons and we're wearing party hats because we get into any occasion we yes, can. Yes, we love it. We love to dress for an occasion. There you go, Matt's put a hat on. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And the transition to serial killer is complete. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we've done it 250 times now, but the only person that's been here for all 250 episodes is the the legend that is Matt Stewart. So I'm going to ask you, Matt, how does this show work? You know it more than anyone else. Oh, great. Thank you so much for asking. I'll field this one. So the way it works is uh, one of the three of us uh, goes away and researches a topic that's been suggested by usually a listener, but could be anyone. could be my dad, like it was last week. And then (laughs) (laughs) while they go away and they research the shit out of it, and then they take that knowledge back to the group and uh, report on what they've learned in the form of a report. And then the other two are annoying a bit. And uh, yeah, it's fun. But we learn and laugh. Wow, those words were as fresh as they were 249 weeks ago. Yeah. Thank you so much for that explanation. It is my turn to do the report this week. And we always start with a question. And to get us uh, onto topic, I'll ask that question. And my question to both of you now is um, Albert Johnson. It's better known to history under what badass name? What badass name? Albert I'm wondering Johnson. if you've seen this one in the hat before. I, I will confirm that I, for the 250th episode, I put out five topics for the Patreon supporters to vote on. Stuff that I've always wanted to do on this show. And this is the topic that I've put up to vote more times than any other. And it always came second. Really? And I reckon that maybe you would have seen it in, in, the, uh, in the hat. Is it Albert Fish? Well... What do fish live in? Would you say a river? Yeah. River Phoenix. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> this man is known as the the something of Rat River. <laughs> it's got everything already. I know. I thought I thought that maybe you would have seen it because it, like the title does stick out. Oh, can King, can, uh, Prince. He's a mad something of mad Rat River. Boater. Oh, the mad captain. Ooh. Matt, help me out here. Mad. Mad, mad captain of Rat River sounds good. Yeah, Mad Hatter, Mad. Oh, Hatter's beer really bottle, close. Mad. Mad Box. Mad Hatter is close. Window. It sounds close. It is. I'll, I'll, I'll just reveal it for you. It okay. is the Mad, mad Trapper, Trapper of Rat River. Have you seen this topic in the hat before? I don't know if I have. The Mad Trapper of. Uh, it stood out to me for years now, <laughs> and I wanted of, to do it because of Rat River. The Mad Trapper of Rat River. <laughs> it's it's got everything like you say. Yeah. Have you heard of this one, Matt? That rings a bell for sure. Yeah. I, I reckon I've, I've put it up to vote. This is the fifth time, and it's it's finally come up trumps for two fifty. <laughs> so, wow! I was well saving done. it for a special occasion. Yeah, well, exactly. well done to the people who voted. Yeah, the Patreon supporters—they know what they're doing. Hopefully, you've made a good decision. I feel like you have. Oh, I think I'm they have. I'm already excited. Are you seriously you're cracking a beer? I'm so jealous. Matt's cracking a beer. Love it. All right, now uh, this topic has been suggested by a few people over the years, um, and thank you to Troy Baker, Chris Kerr, Yana from Hamburg, Dave Rogers. Tim Randall and Derek Cluthier, many of which, apart from uh, Yana from Hamburg, are all Canadian listeners, apart from Tim Randall, actually, he's also Australian, but most of those are Canadian listeners because this is a Canadian topic. Mm, mm, Okay. So let's crack into our 250th report, The Mad Trapper of Rat River. (laughs) Now, our story starts near Fort McPherson, an isolated spot in the Northwest Territories of Canada. 
In July of 1931, a stranger arrived in the small town. Consisting of just a few cabins and a small trading post, Fort McPherson was such a tidy and isolated community that any newcomer very much stood out. Okay. The stranger had arrived on a raft on Peel River and calmly walked into the log trading post to get supplies. The man behind the counter, Bill Douglas, sized up his new customer. The stranger was about five foot ten, with blue eyes and had brown hair. Probably about 35 years old, but his face was weathered. Not uncommon for men who lived and work in the wilderness around these parts. Canadian magazine, McLean's, described the man as, quote, a most unlikely material for romance. Okay. Brutal. <laughs> what? So he's an Argo. Yeah. It doesn't sound like the most um, welcoming town. No, yeah. yeah. He What's just walks in to buy some stuff and they're like... Size him up. What brings you around these parts? Yeah. That kind of... Yeah, it's like, oh, you better be passing through. Yeah, huh? <laughs> and you better not be here for romance because your face is unlikely yes. to, to get anything. And only hotties here. Yeah. <laughs> I should also say that the town was full of supermodels, so any ugly people really much stood really out. Really stood out. They stood yeah. out. I hate visiting those towns. Yeah, oh my God. You're like, oh, I just need to get milk, but i got to put on a freaking ball gown. <laughs> But a dress count at the dress dress code at the milk bar. <laughs> uh, Just want a bubble bill ice cream. No, nope, not in those thongs. <laughs> <laughs> the footwear. <laughs> bit of fun. Uh, Bill Douglas is the man behind the counter, yep. uh, sizing up his new customer. Tried to make a bit of small talk with the man. You know, work out where he was from and where he was heading. But the man only spoke to order supplies and dodged any sort of interrogation. Right. Just changing the subject. Yeah, just Where like, are you from? What's that over there? <laughs> yeah, I'll nice. have a fishing rod. Yeah, works every time. It was eventually established that the man's name was Albert Johnson. Albert Johnson. This is almost certainly an alias, but for now, that is what we'll call him. Bert Johnson. It's a pretty good name. I don't mind it. Bertie J? <laughs> I like that. I like that. that, is, that you thought the cover, Albert Johnson, was covering for his real name, Bert Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never figure it out. I think that, uh, yeah, you need to get on, get on the code. <laughs> Crack the case. Uh, he spoke with a faint Scandinavian accent. Oh, what's that sound like? And people speculated that he uh, he may have come from Denmark. Way to dodge that. Me trying to throw you under the bus. No, 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 I thought you were talking to Matt. How does a, Den- a Danish accent sound? Oh, I went to school with a Danish guy. Um, so, yeah, I know this pretty well. I've, have I told you about him before? He got the nickname Denmark. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's pretty good. clever. Yeah. Where did they get that from? I'm not sure. I never yeah. cracked that code. Wow. It's, it's like... But, um, uh, I think it sounded a bit like... Um, Hello. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty smart. Well, I can understand actually. why yeah. they call him Denmark. Because it's a faint accent, remember? It was <laughs> yeah. a faint yeah. accent. So faint that it was almost non-existent. Um, it's like a, a, a girl that came to my school in about year 10, Tanya, and um, we called her Canada. She was from Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, in primary school, in prep first grade here, uh, we had a girl in our class called Amy French. Oh, yep. The teacher had to call a meeting to explain 
that that was just her name and that she was not, in fact, French. She had to call a meeting. <laughs> yeah, because we were all laughing like she was French and the teacher had to be like, no, no, her name is just French. She is not French. What do you French. mean you were all acting like she was French? Well, we're just like, we're How do you act when someone nearby is French? <laughs> well, you know, well, you know. Come on. Kids. Yeah, kids. kids we just thought I like how French. you called a meeting. Like you're all business partners at this school. We're calling a meeting. Shareholders. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, call exactly. that detention where I went to school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you had a detention. No, we were brought into the boardroom. <laughs> we all had to sell our stocks. It was very fun. So you had a faint Scandinavian accent, possibly from Denmark, but he never told them that. In fact, he never told them anything. Okay. He spent several thousand dollars on supplies over the next few days, which was a very sizable sum of money in those days. And it was very obvious he was getting ready to trap. That is, trapping animals for their fur pelts that would be sold for large sums of money. Oh, okay. So that's why he's called the Mad Trapper. Mad Trapper, got it. During the Great Depression, fur trading had proved to be one of the few lucrative professions, so it wasn't too uncommon for strangers to arrive in these very isolated areas to try their luck. Yeah. A bit like gold mining 80 years earlier. Uh, What was different about this man is that he didn't seem to be struggling for money at all. Judging by the cash that he carried... He seemed quite wealthy. But what if the cash that he carried was everything? Yeah, so he's got his life savings. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I might look wealthy if i got a hundred bucks in my wallet, because we don't really carry cash anymore. But if that's all I've got... (laughs) That's everything. That's everything. I cleaned out the vault for this hundred. (laughs) I wanted to feel rich. (laughs) And then I realised, oh, things are not good for me right now. I'm so sorry. Yeah. As he was preparing uh, to go trapping, over the next few days, people began to talk about the newcomer. Began the, became the talk of this very small town. Police officer, a Mountie named Edgar Millen, widely known as Newt. Oof, like that. Well, Newt came to town. He was on a routine patrol but had heard about Johnson from First Nations people in the area. So everyone's talking about this guy. Douglas, who'd sold the supplies to the newcomer, told Newt, the Mountie, that he reckoned with the supplies the man had bought, and the few questions he'd asked about the area, that he guessed the man was probably going to head up Rat River. Rat River! <laughs> that old Rat, Rat River. River. Um, I love how gossipy this town is. Oh. Like, even the Mountie's like, so, what's the deal with this guy? You know, like, get over it. Yeah, for sure. People are being arrested based on rumour in this town. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the Mountie Newt decided he'd better have a chat to Johnston. To work out if he was heading up Rat River and to find out if he knew just how dangerous and unforgiving this part of the world would be. So, I'll just go give him a bit of a, give him a talking to, right. see if he works out what he's getting into. When Newt found Johnson, he was assembling his gear and getting ready to leave. He was certainly not happy to see the police officer. Johnson reluctantly shook the Mountie's hand. Newt asked Johnson where he'd come from and he gave an answer that contradicted the direction that he'd actually been seen to arrive from. Oh, Okay. So Newt knew he was lying, decided to let it go. Yep. Catch him in the lie. Yeah. Yeah. Ask him a few more questions, which Johnson was evasive with his answers and said he wasn't sure how long he was planning to stay or where he attended, intended to go. Basically gave Newt nothing. When Johnson mentioned Rat River as a possible destination, Newt was shocked to hear it confirmed because it was a perilous journey. Oh. Newt asked if Johnson was going alone and strongly suggested that he should hire a local guide. Okay. Again from McLean's magazine. No, Johnson said violently. I don't want people bothering me. 
I like to live alone. You police just cause me trouble. Trouble. <laughs> I was like, oh, did I hear uh, right? Trouble. Sorry, did you hear a slight, uh, slight Scandinavian accent there? Yeah, trouble. trouble. They can't say B. They can't. No, they can't do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a V instead. It's very cute. You Beautiful please just cause me <laughs> trouble. <laughs> trouble. I don't want nothing to do with you. You want to know all about me? <laughs> all right. I'm not staying here. If I'm not staying here, you don't have to know all about about me. Mm-hmm. A. Yes. Okay. So blending in there with yeah, the, yeah. the Canadian A. Basically told the police officer, piss off. I'm not your problem. I'm about to go. Yeah. Finally, Newt offered to sell Johnson a trapping license. Without one, trapping would be illegal. And if you bought one now, it would save Johnson a trip back into town later. Okay, but is it at a higher price now, Newt? No, apparently not. It was, so it was just basically doing him a favour. Get the hunting licence yeah, now. Right. You, you look like you're going trapping. Buy it now. Don't worry about it later. But Johnson said, no thanks. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. Okay. And with that, he set off into the wilderness. And that was the last we heard from him for a while. For a while. Mm. So the story does not end here. No, this is but the introduction. <laughs> Matt, what do you think so far? Are you a fan of this Bert Johnson, a.k.a. Albert Johnson, mm. a.k.a. Albert Johnson? <laughs> well, it just seems like a guy's going about his business, right? Yeah. And Feels are like we're nosy. prying just talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a couple of sickos here. <laughs> real nosy Nellies. Yeah, what is this? You guys belong in that town. Why you guys are probably from Rat River, the way you go about it. Yeah. I love Goss. I love goss. Yeah, you do. You rat. You I'm love ratting. Rat. You love ratting on rat. Give us some goss, Bob. Oh well. <laughs> what do you know? How long you got? <laughs> anyway, Dave, do go on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say probably about a thirty-second talk break there, and then uh, we'll move on with the report. But no, no goss. Okay. <laughs> so the last we heard from him that was July. By what December, year? What year is this? Nineteen thirty-one. Mm, the thirties. But by December. The freezing snow and winter had well and truly set in. And I mean freezing. The weather during this time in this part of the world regularly dips as low as negative 40 degrees. It's December. Is that not their summer? No. No. <laughs> oh, it's our summer. No, it's our yeah. summer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Dave, you sound so stupid right now. <laughs> also, imagine if it was their summer. I'm like, yeah, it is their summer and it's top of negative 40. I was so confused. But that's our summer. It's yes. hot for us in December. So in the uh, quite cold for them in up the northern there. hemisphere. And they're As very, you were just explaining. This is very far north Canada, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I I have a degree. I'm a tertiary educator. And person. you've got a degree in meteorology as well. Yeah. How'd I get that? I paid for it. Uh, and just for our international listeners, that is our negative forty in both Celsius and Fahrenheit. What do you mean? Whoa. The, uh, what does that mean? The one temperature where they match up on the scales is negative 40. Do you know that? It's a good trivia fact for you if you ever need to wheel that one out of the pub quiz. That's fascinating. Cool. Minus 40, both Celsius and Fahrenheit. So we can all agree it's fucking cold. That's awful cold. I don't know. What does that even mean? Negative 40, that's like real cold. It's like you're <laughs> That's like colder <laughs> than your freezer. Am I right? You, if you're yeah. in your freezer, that's colder than that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where you'd sleep in the freezer for warmth. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where your snot freezes in your nose. <laughs> oh, no, Jess, please. We're at a polite pa- dinner party now. No talking like that. Thank you. I always talk about snot at dinner parties. Yeah, it's one of your traits. I'm snot girl. <laughs> Great. That's why I get invited here. to a lot of parties. Well, I live, live in my truth. Uh, so it was during this very cold time that stories of Johnson began to emerge. Local First Nations people complained to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Mounties. Dudley do, right? Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Cannot wait for that with Fraser in the bar. They complained that a strange white man had failed to get up rat rapids and had built a small 8 by 10 foot cabin near a trap line that they'd been using for centuries. They oh. said that this man was springing their traps, so setting them off prematurely, or throwing them into the forest and then illegally setting up his own in their place. Oh, okay. So these people, they've been trapping there for centuries and they have the right to do that. So he set up, he's, <laughs> he set up a home for himself. <laughs> Down I go. <laughs> I've had a fall. <laughs> At my old. age, that's, a, that's bad news. Yeah, it is worrying when, when the oldies have a fall. It sounded like you were cleaning out the garage before you fell. You fell. Are you doing a bit of spring cleaning during this report? Sorry, while while you had gone on with your jibber jabber, I thought I'd um, get a few things done around the house, <laughs> around the shed. Well, it's a house for me. A man's shed is his home, Jess. No, that man's shed is is that man's home. That sad man. But speaking of sad men in sheds, so this guy has set up, did you say he's like made a little cabin for himself? eight by ten foot, so not very big. I mean, it's not bad. Jesus, la-di-dar over here. Oh, wait, foot. Yeah, it's 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 about three by (laughs) 2.4 metres. metres again. What is wrong with me? (laughs) I can't get anything right today. It's almost like other... Yet I keep trying. (laughs) Um... So the First Nations people were complaining that he was setting up, their, uh, setting off their traps and just, like, fucking up their hunting. The first complaint came through on Christmas Day. So this is secretly a Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, yes. everybody. Ooh, Merry Christmas. Christmas in do- July. Only it's August. Damn it. <laughs> oh, so close. Uh, so two officers decided to go and pay Albert Johnson a visit. Mm-hmm. Because their territory is so large and unforgiving, it took three days just to get there. Wow. <laughs> it's unbelievable how much territory they got to cover. Uh, when Constable Alfred King and Special Constable Joe Bernard... Ooh, how do you be a Special Constable? I feel like I'd be a special one. <laughs> I'd get to wear a different kind of glittery badge or something. They give you a plastic gun. <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. When they finally arrived at Johnson's cabin to question him, he simply refused to answer the door. Oh, that old chestnut. So the officers had to turn around and travel 128 kilometres or 80 miles back just to get a search warrant. (laughs) So you travelled all that way, knock, knock, knock. He doesn't answer, so they have to trek three days back. I mean, think ahead and just, why not just get that in the first place? Well, you pl- know what he's like. Their plan had been just to have a chat with him, right. tell him that he wasn't allowed to trap in this area, and that was probably it. Give him a warning. So yeah. they thought it was going to be no big deal. Yeah. So on December 31st, so yes, this is secretly a New Year's episode. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> it was another three-day trip, but they got there, and this time King and Bernard were backed up by Constable R.D. McDowell. Oof. And, brace yourself for this, Jess, Special Constable Lazarus 
City Chinley. Yes. What? Lazarus. City Lazarus, Chinley. City Chinley. I've written that out phonetically. City Chinley. City Chinley. Great name. Everyone have a go at home. City Chinley. City Chinley. That's great. Bit of fun. Lazarus, too. The first name, Lazarus. So good. <sighs> this time they'd made a cracking pace back to the cabin. King was impatient to finish this business in time to get back to shopkeep Bill Douglas's famous New Year's Eve party. <laughs> Being held back in town. <laughs> They're like, we're going to wrap this up in the morning. First thing so we can get back by midnight so we can party with Bill Douglas. You know his uh, parties. Oh, He's got the best cocaine. They're legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Lot of snow outside, best snow inside. <laughs> Bill Douglas's house. And inside, my nose. <laughs> so, so That's what they're thinking about. They're thinking about the party. Love that. This is still routine. They've got the search warrant now. So they knock... On the door, and no one answered. So this time they got a search warrant. They tried to force the door, and then boom! Albert shot at them through the door, hitting King and knocking him into the snow. He was badly wounded, having been shot in the stomach. Oh, that's bad. The officers fired back briefly before uh, tending to King's wounds and loading him onto a sled before making the frantic trek back to get medical help. Fortunately, King would survive his injuries... No word if he ever made it to Bill Douglas's New Year's Eve party. Oh, probably not, I reckon. Probably not. If he's been shot in the tum yeah. um, and he's got to be in hospital for a bit, yeah, I don't reckon they'd let him out for the party. I don't think so either. You know? Nurses are they're real sticklers like that. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you do need to stay in hospital. Oh, We're keeping you alive. On. I don't care. I've got some little party blowers <laughs> here. It'll be a bit of fun. Yeah, the nurses are like, if I've got to miss out on Bill Douglas's party and work, yeah. I'll do the short straw, then you've got to stay here too. I'll give you a thimble of champers <laughs> and a little bump of coke, all right? <laughs> Jeez Louise. Medical, can we get 10 cc's of cocaine down here? <laughs> That's what cc stands for, I believe. <laughs> but now it was fully on. Albert Johnson was a proper wanted man Oh, now. man. He's just Bef- gone to war with Be- the Mounties, Before the nicest police. I know, I know. But now I'm mad. <laughs> they turn their hat backwards. <laughs> it's the same hat. <laughs> but now we're getting revenge. Before it was quite, quite minor of illegally trapping. They were going to have a chat to him. But now it was attempted murder of a police officer. Yeah. So they're taking this quite personally. Uh, Inspector Alexander Eames led the party with Bernard and a much larger group of nine men this time. So they'd brought in the cavalry. They got in uh, Alexander Eames. So it's Eames and nine men. So yes. ten in total. Ten and oh. 42 dogs okay. laden with supplies. Leave two dogs back, but I'm happy with the ten men. <laughs> okay, well, That's leave two. the meaning of life number, isn't it, Dave? 42 yes. dogs? Yes. Yes, 42 dogs. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> Uh, they reached the cabin on January 9 after taking a long overland route guided by First Nations people. Uh, they didn't want to take the normal route for fear of an ambush. Sure. So they went the back way, yep. being guided through the, uh, through the horrible terrain. They arrived at the cabin and could hear a man inside, so Inspector Eames called out to the man to surrender as he was now surrounded. When they say you can hear someone inside, do you reckon he's singing to himself? When the moon hits your <laughs> eye. <laughs> or, he's just like, or he's baking. <laughs> Pots and pans. Just taking a really loud dump. <laughs> Surrender. Hang on. Wrap up your business first. Just a minute. Occupied. <laughs> but there was no answer. Can you believe that again? They called out and said, Surrender, mate. No answer. You don't say. That doesn't seem like him. I wonder if everything's okay. 
As uh, Lawman approached the silent cabin, it went silent, shots rang out from within. Johnson was firing at them with a shotgun and a rifle, and they had to retreat. So he's shooting at them through the door again. Two men got close enough to the door to attempt to force it open, but Johnson again opened fire, and they were driven back. Whoa. Eames, our inspector, realising that Johnson wasn't going to give up quietly, gave the direction to bring in the cavalry. And I don't mean horses. I mean dynamite. Oh, okay, great. I thought he was just going to send some dogs in. I'm like, I don't... I mean, dogs are pretty clever. I'm not sure if they can open the door like yeah, that. Got, got, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? Man. What if you attach the dynamite to the dogs, Bob? Well, you did say that there was 40... <laughs> you did say there were two too many. Don't you make me blow up dogs. <laughs> don't make me do hey, that. You said it, Jess. You could have asked for eight more, but you specifically asked to kill two dogs. I said leave two at home. Give them a day off. I actually think that... Oh, we knew, we that all is... knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate day off. <laughs> <laughs> I think in World War Two they actually tried that. Oh my to blow god! Up, or maybe possibly the first World War actually the uh, to blow up tanks. That would strap dynamite to a dog, which is obviously horrific. I'm only laughing because it went. <laughs> still, this is nothing to laugh at. It went wrong because the dog would often come back and blow up the people that had sent it. Of course it. they do. Because they're like, oh, so, my friend. Oh, oh, my friend. And they'd be like, no, no. And they'd be like, yeah, you're yelling at me. <laughs> you yeah. love me. Yeah. Yeah. Pounding, pounding. They're like, no, no, no. So uh, that didn't they go well. They think their dynamite stick is like a normal fetch stick. Yeah. You wanted this back, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but in this thing, back to Canada, they lit a few sticks of dynamite and threw them on the roof of the cabin, eventually blowing off the roof and partially collapsing one of the walls. Shit. When the huge echoes of the explosion stopped ringing out on the snowy mountains that surrounded them, everything went still, became quiet. Oof. The Mounties closed in on the rubbit. The rubber, the rubble, <laughs> the rubber, uh, the the rubble of where the log cabin once stood, getting ready to sift through the rubble of the remains of the outlaw. Yeah, right. They're expecting to find a body. Yeah, and that's when Johnson emerged from within the rubble and again opened fire. No, he didn't. Oh my God! What they, are you doing? They blew this man's house up around him. What's and he then, hiding? And then he basically kicked out the rubble and with two shotguns and just started Arnold Schwarzeneggering back at them. You've just made him angry. Is all you've done. <laughs> I know. They're like, why is he doing this? The question is, how had he survived? Yeah. It was later discovered that he dug a deep trench inside the cabin that had formed a series of bunkers. He was shielded by a double barrier of logs sunk at least three feet into the earth and had been waiting for their arrival. Oh, my God. What? Why? 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 What was he? What's he doing? Well, he shot, he shot a police officer and he thought, they're so probably not going to let this go. So why did he do that in the first go. place? Just answer the freaking door. Oh, no. Just say, hello. Oh, I'm not allowed? Fair enough. Sorry about that. I'm new to the area. Have a lovely day, And officer. then when they turn around, shoot him in the back. Totally. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that, Albert Johnson. But he did do that. And then after this, they're sifting through the rubble. He comes out, starts shooting at them. They have to retreat again, and a 15-hour gunfight broke out. Oh, my God. That's well, too many hours of gunfight. <laughs> too, I mean... No, thank you. Please. I get hungry. <laughs> 15 hours i got to be out here I shooting. Want, I don't want to do anything for 15 hours. Oh, there might have been a sleep, snack maybe. break, Bob. Oh, yeah, that's true. Do they stop for lunch? Yeah, or? for sure, absolutely. Hmm. And afternoon tea. Oh, okay, that's nice. But it lasted well into the early morning hours, despite the 43 below zero temperatures. No. 
<laughs> That's a no from Bob. <laughs> That's a no from me, thanks. Uh, no one was injured, but the Mounties decided to withdraw to get more supplies no and reinforcements. No one was injured. 15 hours of gunfight, no one was injured. Yeah. So neither side achieved anything. Basically. <laughs> it was a stalemate. It was a trench warfare all over again. News of the unknown gunman made it to the press. They dubbed the mysterious figure the Mad Trapper of Rat River. Love that. The story of a man defying the famous mounted police from within his Arctic fortress fascinated the public. Uh, this is uh, according to the Canadian Encyclopedia, and I trust this source with my life because it was written by a man called Edward Butts. Yep. Good stuff. This I love what, you, this Edward what, Butts. This is, what he, this is what Butts writes about the Mad Trapper and the fascination. A public mired in the depths of the Great Depression sympathised with the figure. Inspector Eames stated that Johnson was not a demented trapper, but a shrewd and resolute man, a tough and desperate character. End quote from there. As the northern drama unfolded, the public eagerly awaited the latest developments. So according to Butts, he became big news around Canada. Wow. People were He's loving, a celeb. Yeah, people were loving this. It's a bit of a, an outlaw Ned Kelly type story. And you know what people love to do with celebs? Gossip about them. Oh, yeah. Love a bit of goss, hey? Love to rat about them. Love a bit of goss. Go on. What's the goss on E-Butts, Bob? Uh, 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 yeah. Wow. You said it. You didn't hear it from me. Can I just say that that is allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. That is, that's some spicy stuff. Uh, the police returned to the cabin a few days later on January 14th, 1932, and they found that Johnson had fled. A massive blizzard had struck the area, which covered Johnson's tracks. We didn't have a roof anymore, so I don't blame him for fleeing. Yeah, fair enough. He went to find a roof. (laughs) So his uh, his tracks were covered, but the blizzard made it very hard going for the Mounties, and they assumed that it would also make it hard for Johnson himself. With no shelter to protect him, they were certain a stranger to the area would struggle to survive, probably die pretty quickly. Yeah. He had no dogs to carry supplies. He was out there on his own. All he had was the clothing on his back and a couple of guns. But Johnson was no fool. He travelled on frozen rivers to avoid leaving a trail. Where possible, he followed caribou trails, an effective way of disguising his own tracks. He often doubled back on himself and even attempted to outsmart the Mounties on his trail by walking with his snowshoes on backwards. But they also just said they couldn't track him. But he's still like, evade them. And they're like, we can't find your trail anyway, mate. But when they do pick it up, they're like, is this guy going backwards? Wow. Okay. Is he this found guy his way a caribou? Through- <laughs> 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 is this guy a river? <laughs> He's all of these things. He found his way through under, uh, underbrush that seemed impenetrable to anyone else. And to avoid giving away his position, he was only able to build small fires when they were shielded by snowbanks. So according to the Canadian Encyclopedia again, Butsy... Quote, he travelled in weather that kept even experienced First Nations hunters in their camps and used the terrain to his advantage at every opportunity. Wow. So this is some, he's just got a knack for getting through the wilderness. All the while, this guy's legend is growing in the local media. Unbeknownst to him out there in the wilderness, he is quickly becoming a fascinating outlaw hero. Okay. All right. This isn't the type of life I would want. But um, it's a tough life. If Johnson wants to do that, that's cool. That's fine. Sure, go for it. I guess shoot at some cops. Well, he had to again because the police didn't catch up to him until January 30. Three weeks since they'd blown up his cabin. Oh my god! So three weeks on the run. 
They spotted Johnson and opened fire on him before he dived into a bush. He was hauled up beside a cliff face and looking like he was pinned down. Constable Edgar Millen, a.k.a. Newt, from the start of the story, called out for Johnson to surrender. Johnson responded by firing his rifle. Of course he did. It's the only way he knows. The only language he speaks. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly Morse code. No, no. Piss off. (laughs) Well, the shot hit Millen in the heart and killed Newt instantly. No. Oh, no, not Newt. I know. Yeah. I know very little about Newt, but I liked him. He seemed all right. Yeah. I didn't read this anywhere else, but one of our favourite websites, allthatsinteresting.com, writes... Afterward, you police... definitely just said .com. <laughs> well, I told you it was my favourite website. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they write that after the shot, afterwards, police swore they heard Johnson cackle. Oh, it sounds about right. Mm, bad boy. Uh, the other officers retrieved uh, Newt's body, and by the time they got back to where Johnson had last been seen, he had again disappeared. How? Having escaped under the cover of darkness by climbing an almost vertical cliff. This guy's a psycho. <laughs> He's like some sort of non-giving up school guy. <laughs> it's all because he just wanted to like be left alone. I know. He just wanted some peace and quiet. He's got to be hiding something, right? Well, Ooh. the Mounties inspected where, where he'd been next to the cliff and discovered that he appeared to be unwounded. No sign of any injury, no blood. They realised that the spot where they thought he'd been pinned down was in fact a makeshift foxhole that he'd made by reinforcing several sp- uh, spruce trees and roots. So again, he'd been prepared for them to, to come. He'd bu- wow. built like a fortress. Having climbed the cliff and got yet another head start, they guessed he was atten- intending to walk across the mountains to freedom. What do you mean to freedom? They thought he might be heading for Alaska and once he got there, they thought he might disappear forever. Yeah, right. So they went after the fugitive, but this time they called in some reinforcements. More dogs. More dogs and more dynamite. <laughs> they called in a plane captained by the renowned bush pilot Wilfred Wop May. Yes. So many. Every name in this has been fantastic. Oh, no, the 30s. So they knew how to name kids. I'll, I'll say it. You know? Wop. When he was a rookie in World War One, Wop, the pilot, was the last person pursued by the famous Red Baron, Ooh. who was gunned down as he went after Wop. <gasps> so this guy's got a cool, cool resume yeah. as a pilot. He's a badass. He's a badass. He's seen it all. Mm. So the plane was a great step up in two ways. It could be used to resupply the Mounties. Uh, in a few hours, it could give them new men, new food, all that sort of stuff. And it could also track Johnson from the air. Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, the trapper... Our outlaw hero, Johnson, found the conditions to be finally taking their toll. He'd been on the run for weeks without any real shelter and conditions that never rose above freezing. Never. Even at the hottest part of the day. He's not even stopping in at the supermarket for snacks. No. Maybe Dave's just not telling that part of the story. Dave, you telling the whole story? Yeah, he uh, stopped at Kmart and he bought himself a schnood. (laughs) Yeah, great. So he's snug out there, but it's white, so you can't even see it Yeah, you can't see schnood. (laughs) And he got a bucket of Skittles. (laughs) It's really big Oh, yeah. But you only see it Kmart. I know, and then your hand just becomes a rainbow. Yeah. You decide it's a good idea and then you get one handful in and you're like, I've made a terrible mistake, this was $10. And that was his his undoing, (laughs) the Skittles. Because he dropped them, left a colourful trail. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, he left a trail of orange ones because he doesn't like those flavors. Ah, uh, he's a psycho. Yeah. Orange are delicious. Oh, really? Green can fuck off. Yeah, green are my least favorite. Mm. Green apple, no thanks. Mm-mm. But um, it never rose above above zero. So suffering from frostbite. He couldn't hunt with his gun for fearing of giving away his position, and now he was slowly starving to death. Okay. He's got no food. His skills ran out. I don't, but I don't feel like uh, he's going to get what, like, I'm just so confused as to why this all started, just because he was like, nah, leave me alone. I know. And because some cops came to have a nice conversation, a polite chat to him, and he shot at him. And now he's just well, on the run. That's how they like, tell it, Jeff. Oh, Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're you're siding with the bad boy. You yeah. always oh, do. Oh, no kidding. We always so do. We, we have each other's backs. Bad boys. And then shoot <laughs> each other in the stomach. Yeah. Because we're bad. <laughs> boys. <laughs> Look, I say he's starving to death. Having said that, Johnson still gave them a run for their money. In early February, Johnson was spotted from the air, so on the ground, two groups set out to corner him. They split the party. Never no, do don't split the party. To try and hey, cut Dave. him off. Mathematically, I don't think two groups can corner someone. He fucking... You know what I mean? Oh, no. Dave, you just got fucking got, mate. Good one, Matt. Good pick up Can I tell you that uh, the (laughs) Trapper is also a school of mathematics because they did not corner him. (laughs) They tried to cut him off, but the two groups ran into each other before finding anything other than a trail where he'd been. So they'd been like, go around the back. I'll come out the front. But... And they found each other before oh, they found him. That's nice. Not that they found each other, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no. He slipped but through their fingers be even after they found themselves. That's why a lot of people go to the wilderness, just to find themselves. Yeah, mm. that's true. Yeah. These guys are going about it all wrong, trying to find a mad hatter or whatever this guy is. Yeah. Different. Different. Find yourself first. Find love yourself. yourself first before anyone can love you. Yes. Yes. you got to love you first. Right. I'm learning so much. Yeah. This is we're getting Dave with our help won't be a virgin forever. Dave, well. love yourself, and then people will love you. Basically, you know what that means. Give yourself a bit of self love, mate. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> I mean, my resume is quite long. <laughs> All right, okay. keep at it. Not the only thing. It's quite long, eh? Or is it? Maybe it is. <laughs> Don't answer that, Dave. Answer the question, Dave. <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> uh, on February 9th, the blizzard grounded May's plane, and this is WAP, yep. and kept ground patrols in their camps. Three days later, the police received the astonishing report that under the same harrowing conditions, Johnson had crossed the Richardson Mountains. It seemed like an almost impossible feat. So they can't even go outside. He's crossing mountains. Has he got some kind of uh, ski-doo or something <laughs> with him? Have they not mentioned that? <laughs> I forgot to mention that he had some sort of teleportation yeah. device. Yeah, has he got a Segway, but, but with chains on the but wheels? Snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Imagine rocking up at the bottom of a mountain, they're putting tight snow chains on cars, and you're on a Segway. Chain her up. See you up there, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes vertically up. <laughs> <laughs> God, this guy's good. He's actually like he's on a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, why do we think of that? Yeah. Well, we just did. Uh, a week later, on February seventeenth, the search party and Johnson ran into each other in, into each other on a bend of the frozen Eagle River. 
Both were taken by extreme surprise. Oh, he wasn't prepared for them this time. He was backtracking to cover himself. Basically, it was that thing where you come around a corner and go, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Shit. At first, Johnson tried to run, but then he threw himself down in the snow and opened fire using his backpack for cover. Inspector Eames again called for his surrender, giving him one last chance to lay down his weapons. But Johnson wasn't ever going to give up without a fight. What has he made his backpack of, Dave? How do you use your backpack for cover? I'm guessing it's not a little canvas satchel or something. No, it's a uh, reinforced concrete. Six <laughs> six feet thick. <laughs> that makes sense then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he was carrying uh, Ned Kelly's mask. Yeah. Helmet in his uh, backpack. <laughs> so he opened fire and shot Sergeant Earl Hersey who was severely wounded, although he didn't die. Oh, thank God. So he shot, he shot three officers now, though. I hate for Earl to die. Yeah. Earl didn't deserve Earl it. Earl sounds like he's, you know, two weeks away from retirement. You know? He's got a few grandkids at home. He just wants to go be a good grandpa. Yeah. You know, he's got a hearse in his name. He's ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, he's like, I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> But he didn't die, despite despite this. But despite his destiny. Despite his destiny. Yeah. And he's still alive, ninety years later. Wow. He's the oldest man ever. Wow. Cool. Earl Hersey. <laughs> Surprised you haven't heard of him. <laughs> I believe that for a, a little bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one week from retirement then, and um, it's been a long week. He's still working. <laughs> he just loves it. He loves the job. Keeps telling his wife, "Just one more week. One more just week. One more week." And she believes him every week. So, our uh, outlaw has shot another officer. The officer spread out and opened fire. And despite being shot three times, the man commonly called the Mad Trapper kept firing back. What? But sadly, all good things must come to an end. And when Johnson's firing stopped for long enough for the men to approach, they discovered that he'd been shot through the spine and died. Oh, in total, he'd been shot five times without ever letting out so much as a cry. This guy's an actual psychopath. <laughs> I know. He's sounds like he was on something. All up, he'd been on the run for 48 days and led the highly skilled Mounties on a 240-kilometre or 150-mile chase through the harshest terrain on Earth. Whoa. For what? <laughs> I know. Well, the question immediately came, who was he? Yeah. Who What's was his he? Deal. Do you have any any inkling as to why someone would do this? He's like, he's killed someone uh, before, you know, heading off into the mountains or something, or he's got something to hide, and that's Love why. Love this theory. He's, Love this. Surely, because like, why else are you just being so immediately hostile? I get it if you're a bit of a loner and you don't want to be around people. Okay, you're not here to join the community. Sure, you're not running for mayor next month. But I mean, they'd, they'd <laughs> arrive to tell him, you've been nominated for mayor. <laughs> I, was like, I just got here. Oh, what? Yeah, there's only six people that live in this town and uh, everyone else has had a go. Everyone so. else thinks you seem nice. You're up. So, you seem great. What do you reckon? Um, and he shot him. He shot so. him. And they're like, we're going to take that as a maybe? Yeah, I reckon he's, he's hiding something. Matt, what do you reckon? Well, yeah, it's kind of, he obviously thought they were after him for something else, right? Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't have reacted like that. So, yeah, what's he done? Maybe he, yeah, maybe, is he D.B. Cooper or something like that? Does that time out well? He could be a very, very young D.B. Cooper, like if he was some sort of baby. 
<laughs> oh, pre-DB. Well, you know how Whoa. they say that sometimes when babies are born, like they can like hold their breath naturally, all that sort of stuff. Maybe they can also survive in the wilderness for, for several <laughs> weeks. I'm willing to test it. Yeah. Anybody got a baby I can <laughs> borrow for just for? We're like, gonna drop it with a parachute out into the Alaskan wilderness. We'll see what a, happens. Give it a concrete backpack and two guns. Good luck to you. <laughs> see you later, baby. That's not me being uh, offensive and calling you baby. You, I don't know your name and you're a baby. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> well, a, cur- a careful search of Johnson's body uncovered no form of identification, no photographs, no personal mementos. None had been found at his cabin either. All he'd carried were practical stuff like a razor, a comb, mirror, fish hooks, matches, nails, an axe, a pocket compass, 119 shells, so he fired a lot, but he still had a lot of uh, ammo left, freshwater pearls, some gold dust. What? Was that just the stuff that's at the bottom of the cornflakes packet? (laughs) Yeah, he was saving it for later. (laughs) Yeah, I love that stuff. $2,400 in bills, which is a lot of money at the time, and a bottle full of gold teeth, which didn't match his dental records. He's just carrying or his teeth. Teeth, yeah. Uh, in a bottle. Gold teeth. Or how do you in a carry bottle. your teeth, Jeff? In a little Ziploc baggie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Not an animal. Yeah. I go phone, keys, wallet, bag of teeth. All right, I'm ready to go. And these days, in these trying times, it's bag, keys, wallet, mask, teeth. Duh. <laughs> a uh, post-mortem was carried out before he was buried in a local cemetery. The report didn't offer many clues. All it deduced was he was likely in his 30s had no tattoos or major identifying marks. It looked like he'd never had any major surgery and his fingerprints didn't match any on police records across Canada or in Washington, Stockholm or London. It's almost like this guy had never existed. They also traced his yeah, weapons. Yeah, well, why and they ba- check Stockholm if he was from Denmark? Shouldn't they have ch- checked Copenhagen? 
Yeah, it was a clerical error. <laughs> they were like, close enough. <laughs> I'm sure he went to Stockholm during his time. At some point. I don't know. They also traced his weapons and banknotes, and those leads also came to a dead end. Who is this guy? Before he was, uh, his body was buried, police took several pictures of Johnson's corpse. These were widely distributed, hoping someone would come forward and recognise him. Do you know this corpse? <laughs> <laughs> On the back of milk packets and stuff. <laughs> they put the corpse in lost property. <laughs> come and claim no, him. Pick it up. If you don't claim, he's not claimed within four weeks, uh, he is up for grabs. Yeah. And Sharon is Kane. Yeah. She's a very lonely woman. I've always wanted to be our own corpse. <laughs> <laughs> just want something to hold at night. <laughs> oh, Sharon. Sharon. No, nothing weird. It's just I, I've got a king bed. And, you know, I'm on one side. There's nothing on the other. It'd be great to roll over. I mean, people have suggested I get a large body pillow. <laughs> not the same thing. Someone said I should just get but a dog. But all the dogs here are working for the police. No, they've all got dynamite Why on get them? a large body pillow when you can just get a large body? Exactly. <laughs> Cheryl. So the Mountie said the, uh, sent the images to various forms of media, which, of course, were happy to cover the already sensational story. Yeah. Because they, they loved it. It came to a big shootout. It was a big dramatic finish, and now they've got pictures of the body. So it's big news around Canada. Nothing happened for a while, but eventually, a few years later, someone came forward with a tip-off. Years later. It was said that the corpse resembled a man named Arthur Nelson. In British Columbia in 1925, about six years before all of this, a man who called himself Arthur Nelson was trapping along the Nelson River. Nelson had the same description, skills and temperament and accent as Albert Johnson. It appeared that Albert Johnson had moved northward to Yukon and where Nelson disappeared, Albert Johnson had appeared. Gotcha. From there, many stories have been put forward over the years and it's almost certain that Albert Johnson was also an alias. Yeah. These are the stories about Arthur Nelson. Apparently, he loved the people that remembered seeing him. He loved local legends about lost gold mines and often spoke about going out to find them. Okay. The theory is, had he found the mine and that's why he was so keen to be left alone, was he hiding it? Was he scaring people off, including the First Nations people, by throwing away their their traps and also shooting at the police, hoping that no one would discover his secret mine? Yes, he had gold teeth on him, but you wouldn't find that in a mine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, they're not naturally occurring. No, No, not naturally occurring teeth. Interesting, okay. Now we've got a clue. So where did they come from? <laughs> a less fanciful supposition is that Albert Johnson, when he was known as Nelson... Was a dentist. <laughs> well, honestly, that make more, more sense than some of the theories. Uh, they thought that he'd been seen with this other man and then turned up... He'd been seen with another man trapping alone. Arthur Nelson was travelling with a friend. Okay. And then Albert Johnson appears on his own. Had Albert Johnson... A.K.A. Arthur Nelson, killed the friend, kept the gold teeth, and then when the Mounties knocked on his door, being like, oh my God, I'm wanted for murder. Shoot first, ask questions later type thing. Why, um, like if I murdered either of you guys, I'll be honest, I'm probably not taking your teeth with me. I know. That's a bit gross, eh? Oh, they leave. They are beautiful, but that's why I want to leave them with you. Take oh, them to the so afterlife much. with you. Enjoy those, eh? Oh, otherwise, you're having mush in the afterlife. Oh, just mush for you. That's not oh. fair. 
Just because uh, I. You know what they say about teeth? Can't take them with you. Can't take <laughs> can't... them with you, mate. Make <laughs> the most of them here. Can't take them with you. They also say can't live with them. <laughs> so, it's very confusing. Yeah, it's a confusing. Uh, one of the more more so that's one of the theories is that he, like you said, Jess, possibly was yeah. already on the run for another crime. And he then, assumed that's what they and that's what and really they were like, no, nah, mate, we just wanted to talk to you. Yeah. One of the more out there theories is that he was a hitman who was hiding out after a job. Okay. This would explain why he was such an excellent shot. He was an amazing marksman and why he had so much cash on him. Right. Paid him yeah. cash. Yep. But apart from that, those are the most the theories that tie that. Imagine to if that someone story. took a hit out on you and it was actually quite a cheap job. That'd be offensive, wouldn't it? <laughs> like how much to kill Jess? Oh, oh, 50 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Oh, you just pay for my tram ride and I'll yeah. do the rest. Yeah, so three fifty should cover it. <laughs> so, well, Maybe a couple of got, snacks. They've yeah. got you pinned down there like any last request and you're like, just one qu- question. How much are you getting paid yeah. for this? Just so I know. I would like to know. Fifty? Oh, come on. Yeah, that'd be insulting. <laughs> I'm worth more than that. I've got a, that's only half me bank vaults worth. <laughs> Uh, the trapper's remains were exhumed by a forensic team and submitted for DNA analysis for the television documentary Hunt for the Mad Trapper, which aired in 2009. Oh, wow. Uh, which uh, is available online, and I've watched all seven pixels uh, that made up the upload that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my God, 2009, you think, oh, like you get on Reddit, viral videos go all the time. Check out this HD footage from Japan, Tokyo, 1909. <laughs> this is from 2009. Couldn't, it was very hard to make out. I kind of understood the gist of the program. Uh, Carrie Gower of, from Myth Merchant Films, who made the documentary, said, uh, we know his age, which is between 30 and 40. We're able to do uh, to to track where he was most likely raised from twelve or so on. We know that he was either from midwestern the USA or from northern Europe, in particular the Scandinavian <laughs> countries. That's Dave, so can I different. Stop you right there. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> know. We know their age between thirty and forty. That's a big range. Know. We know where they were from: America or Europe, two <laughs> different continents. I know they. She knows so much. Oh, she's narrowed it down. They're from <laughs> Earth, and we're confident they were alive at the time. Pretty confident. Pretty confident. But I will not. I will not lock it in. It didn't narrow it down. It basically ruled out. The only thing it ruled out was that many Canadians have come forward saying, "I think I'm related to the Mad Trapper. Right. I think he's Canadian." Yeah. That's basically the only thing it ruled out. That's it. Forty-five minutes. There of was a, in Canada. There was a sort of a. a a Dead Poet Society scene where everyone yeah. stood up on their desk and said, I'm related to the Mad Trapper. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm... Rela- <laughs> uh, over the years, hundreds of people wrote in to say that they knew who the dead man really was and the mounted police investigated every tip-off. Women claimed him as a husband. People claimed he was a father, a brother, a son. He was named as a murderer for Michigan, a World War One sniper... An ex-provincial policeman. All these, all these tip-offs. My favourite theory is in uh, Alan Phillips' article in in the Maclean's magazine. Uh, he says that he could have been quote the blueberry kid, and then ge- gave no more context as to what that means. Okay. <laughs> and when I googled blueberry kid, all that came, uh, comes up is Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka. <laughs> could it be? <laughs> well. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. 
I am uh, shocked to tell, to tell you that at the end of the day, the so-called mad trapper of Rat River might have been just a dude that wanted to be left alone and didn't like being interrupted in the wilderness. And that's why I shot at police. But the truth is, we'll probably never know who he really was. That's right. Episode 250 has been a mystery episode all along. Oh, he bloody got oh, us. Gotcha. First it was Krishmish, then it was New Year's, and now it's a mystery episode. Oh, you've done it all. Done it all Bit for episode everything. 250. I forget how unsatisfying mysteries are. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is. Uh, he was an absolute badass who survived some unbelievable conditions and went on the run for longer than anyone humanly ever could. Wow. So it is an amazing story, but we probably will never know the real identity of the Mad Trapper of Rat River. Dave, what a story. Well done. Uh, thank you so much. I'm fa- glad it finally got up. <laughs> after tried. Five, five attempts. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a cool story. So. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story. And, yeah, unsatisfying and so confusing. Like, why? Why do that? But, anyway... That's for him to decide. And yes. he did. <laughs> <laughs> but the story ends here. Well, with that report done and dusted, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, which is, of course, our Patreon section. Yes. We thank the beautiful people that support the show at patreon.com slash do go on pod where you can get yourself... A number of rewards, we like to call them. Yeah. Treasures. Yes. Gifts. Gifts. That's right. You can get little uh, prezzies. Little prezzies. You can get three bonus prezzies a month. Mm-hmm. By that, we mean three <laughs> bonus episodes, mm-hmm. including our Patreon only podcast, Phrasing the Bar, a report, and usually something else fun. And um, there's a whole back catalogue to get through as well. So if you are like us and bored in isolation at the moment, uh, I think there's over 75 bonus episodes to catch up on. Yeah, there's a lot. We do a weekly newsletter, there's a, a Facebook group, there's heaps of good stuff. So, yeah, you should, um, if you'd like to, you can absolutely uh, do join us at patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. You may have noticed it's just the two of us speaking now. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. Um, yes, that's right. Uh, Matt, as you might have picked up, was uh, via satellite for this week's episode. So Dave and I are just uh, here in the studio to do this section by ourselves, and that's, that's right. fine. That's we are fine. We're without okay him, without our oldest and dearest member. And it's kind of it's kind of worked out nicely because the last couple of weeks he's sort of put me in charge of doing the fact quote or question. Um, so you know, it's sort of like I've had. I've had a bit of guidance. I've had some training with him Uh, being my co-pilot, just sitting there helping me. And now he's like, spread your wings, little one. You can do it. The student has become, well, the professor. Yes. Does that make sense? I think so, yes. Thank you. He's still a teacher, but I'm a professor. I have tenure. (laughs) I've never known what that means. It means means they can't get rid of you. That sucks. Why would you? That's a terrible system. I just want tenure so that I can just coast. Coast forever. Yeah, I think it's, it's just like a guaranteed contract. That's dumb. Yeah. But that's my thinking. Anyway. I'd prefer to be called Professor for Life. That's good. Sounds See, fun. that makes more sense. Yeah. It's just about jazz, jazzing up the language we yeah. use. Um, so, shall we get stuck into some facts, some quotes, and some questions? Please, but I believe this section does actually have a jingle. Oh, my God. I almost forgot. Let me just play it here for you. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Perfect. Never forget the ding. Never forget the ding. So our first fact, quote, or question comes from Paul Mellor. 
Hi, Paul. Paul has given himself the title. Oh, my God, it's a very long title, Paul. Okay, so his, Paul, his title is Fellow of the Royal Society of Dugo on Engineering Bad Boys. Oh, Bad Boy for Life. And then he says, just to add some context, this isn't related to the movie series Bad Boys, but was linked to the comment about me being one of the recent about me being one on the recent bonus episode. I then realized it may sound like I was excluding any girls and I don't want it to be heard that way. <laughs> As a feminist of the podcast, I'm sure Matt will have the final say, but if it ever did get read out, please point out that anyone can be a bad boy of the fictional society I made up. Also, Dave, I have downloaded some book cheat episodes, so I may not be a bad boy after all. Keep up the great work. Loving the content in the new web series too. Cheers, Paul. That was his title. Wow, that's – I mean, and you have to use that when you're addressing him. All, you have to say all of that. Yeah, it's, it's rude if you don't. Paul, honestly, just send us a message, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so Paul has given us a quote. Oh, my God. And then in his – where he can write, he's, re- he's written, this is actually a quote followed by a question. Oh, he's found a loophole. Paul, you are taking the piss. Yeah, Paul's taking the piss. Matt wouldn't say it, but I'll say it. That's right, but the feminist of the podcast isn't here. Because I have to read it all and I'm tired and hungry. <laughs> um, it says, this quote is one I refer to regularly in my job as an engineer. You can only make as well as you can measure. You can only make as well as you can measure. That's by Sir Joseph Whitworth, creator of the British Standard Whitworth System, which became a standard for screw threads. My question is, have you ever made anything that you could measure and did it turn out well? Anything like a practical thing? I mean... Uh, Absolutely not. No, IKEA furniture, but it's been measured by someone else. And even then, if I can avoid building it and handball that to someone else, I absolutely will. Yeah. Last I'm time we were doing um, live streams, I was moving house and we moved house on the Saturday and I was like, oh, i got to go to work. But you get started on the flat pack then, okay? <laughs> all right, hooroo. Kind of hoping that it would all be done because there was like four things that needed to be built. Great. Half of one was done when I got back. <laughs> and he'd had to call my dad for help. So there was two people working on half of one thing. Wow. So. Is it all done now? It's all done now. But, you know, I'm always adding. I'm always recreating. Yeah, Paul, I'm afraid that I am probably the least practical person you could ever meet. Um, Yeah. That is true. I cut myself when I'm hanging out the washing, you know? Yeah. And, like, you got very – you got kid pegs. Yeah, exactly. They're pegs for babies. Mm. My theory is if it's it's childproof and I can get through it, it's not really childproof. Yeah, agreed. My theory. That's how we – that's how we test – um, so thank you very much to Paul. We appreciate your thanks, Paul. But we don't do much. We don't do much <laughs> measuring here. Yeah. Also, so I love the guy that came up with a measuring system. That guy Whitner or whatever his name is is like, yeah, yeah, no, you can only do it as long as you can measure. It's like I think you're trying to sell something here, and that's how you measure stuff in your system. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah. My, you know, my dad always says measure twice, cut once, that sort of thing. But you know, he's a practical man, and my brother is a carpenter. Like, there's just. I've been surrounded by people who love that shit. Mm. So I I let them have fun with so it. So you didn't pick it up because I would have thought that maybe you'd pick it up but you don't get any of that. Nah. Mm. And also I my parents used to sort of try to get me to help out in the garden and I would – I think I was a pretty good teenager. Like I, I was respectful and, you know, I didn't – there was no tantrums or anything but – and I'd help wherever I could but if it was gardening, I would be like <laughs> – 
no. <laughs> just actively no. And now yesterday I potted some new flowers into little pots on my balcony. I was sending mum pictures. I was like, what's happened to me? <laughs> so who knows? Maybe I'll take up woodwork. Yeah, you'll be woodworking this time next week. <laughs> who knows? Um, our next fact quota question comes from, and they've put their uh, pronunciation of their name in here, which I love. Appreciate it. Joe Fleischman. Oh, okay. I hope I got that right based on your phonetic spelling out for me there, Joe. Fleischman. Joe's given himself the title of, if possible, oh, it's so sweet. I'd love, I'd like to give the title to my son, Soren, who will be the official junior executive small child of the podcast. <laughs> Welcome aboard. You are our junior executive small child. We also have a senior executive small child, just to be clear. Absolutely. It's just a slightly bigger child. <laughs> it could be smaller physically, but they're like a bigger personality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bigger they leadership. They are outrageous. They really need to shut up. <laughs> Um, and Joe has given us a quote, and the quote is, if every pork chop were perfect, we wouldn't have hot dogs. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, you know, how can we extrapolate that? If you're a bit shit, that's all right. We wouldn't have hot dogs. <laughs> <You're right here. laughs> is, it, is, is it a quote attributed to someone? Or is that uh, yes, that is a quote from Greg Universe. What a name. Yeah. I trust him. Do you? That's good. I don't know who it is. I'll look him up. Yeah, you have to look it up. Greg Universe. Uh, sorry, it's coming up here. Is Greg Universe a real person? No, it is a cartoon character, it looks like. Ah. Greg Universe is the father of Steven Universe. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's stevenuniverse.fandom.com. So I think Steven Universe is the thing. Ah, cool. There you go. Never heard of that. There you go. Well, well, it's a good quote though. That is nice. Um, our next fact quote or question comes from Brielle Strobel. Brielle. Brielle Strobel. I like it. Uh, Brielle's given herself a title of Mrs. Mothman. Oh, okay. Mm. Fantastic. My lady. And she's given us a fact. Glad you finally put a ring on her. Here is the fact. If I told you the... So, uh, she says, so, if I told you the meeting scheduled at noon has been moved forward two hours, what time is the meeting? It's been moved oh. forward two hours. Forward two hours. Yeah. I would say two o'clock. It's been moved forward. So it's earlier, so it's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, yes. I think this is what a conundrum. Well, if you said 2 p.m., then you perceive time as moving towards you or the ego-moving perspective, which means you see time as though you are moving through it. If you said 10 a.m., then you have the time-moving perspective in which you see yourself as stagnant and time just moves without you. This is called fictive motion, if you need more clarification. There you go. Move forward. I can understand. It does make sense. Ten o'clock. Ten o'clock probably is the actual answer. But yeah, but you are sort like, of thinking of like, okay, well, twelve, one, two. Yeah, huh? That's yeah, very it's, it's interesting. interesting. It is. Yeah. Cool that we had two different answers too. Yeah. Rather than us both being like, when, yeah, yeah, 10 of course, what do you mean? obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> and finally, our final fact quarter question for today comes from Sophie Shooter. Hello, Sophie Shooter. 
Sophie's given herself the title of Head of Office Administration. Semicolon Swaps Division. Oh, that would is that because they're doing the Patreon snack swap? Oh, yes, of course. That makes. I was just thinking about, the office thing made me threw me off a bit there because I was thinking about office. And supplies. I knew Sophie had done that, but for some reason the swap just threw me off there. Yes. So, so a fantastic initiative that Sophie has absolutely spearheaded without any uh, involvement from us. No. So we've got to give her one million percent of the the, uh, the credit is on our Patreon group. Uh, she started a an international snack swap, so the people that are members of our Patreon group. Um, Get to send snacks to people in other countries that you might get there but not here. Yeah, it's been really nice, especially especially in isolation, you know. just It's nice to get a little care package. People have been uploading the photos of some of the stuff. is It's wild. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, we get – it's stuff like we have Vegemite here and barbecue yep. shapes, but you might not have that in Finland. Exactly, so, yes. Yeah, so it's really – It's. I think it's such a great idea. I never would have thought of it. And uh, thank you so much for doing it. One of my friends, Steph, is is a Patreon and she um, uh, a picture got uploaded of what she sent. Tim Tams, um, Vegemite Shapes mm, yeah. and a few other amazing things. And I messaged her and I was like, mate, well done. She goes, oh, you couldn't even see that I added WizFizz as well. I was like, <laughs> yes. Then we had a long discussion about how much we love WizFizz, which is just a little bag of sherbet, really. Yeah, but a tiny a little spoon. spoon. Yeah. Tiny, tiny spoon. Love the spoon. God, I think I might pick up some whiz fizz on the way home. Yeah, yeah, and that'll keep you going. <laughs> yes. I'll be up all night. I've got amazing ideas. Um, anyway, Sophie's given us a question. She's asked, what was your favourite hobby as a kid? Um, favourite hobby? I definitely, I went through the range of sports. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm not, wasn't an athletic kid, but I did, you know, swimming and a little bit of basketball, cricket. Yeah. Tennis, that was the one that I, that I did the longest, probably struck with that, stuck with that. And then in early high school, I would say, when you could say you were a kid then, that mm. music was the, the big hobby. Yeah, of course. Playing my bass guitar. For you, for sure. My yeah, God, yeah. I, was lo- oh, I frothed over it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I would, I guess I'm sort of the same. I, I mean, I stuck to, I started playing basketball when I was seven because my older brother played so I, and I just copied everything he did. Um. So, I I mean, I played until earlier this year when it, the season got cut down because of COVID-19. Um, so, I've always played basketball. And have you stopped for a long period of time in that time? Um, here and there, like uh, a couple of years maybe. A couple of years is probably the longest it's break. It's great that you've kept it up. I love it. Because I miss it when I don't play it. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And I think just having done it since I was a kid, it feels, it feels very familiar there's something kind of comforting about that. Mm. Like I know what's going on. I know how to do everything. Um, like starting a new sport a bit later, I don't think is something I'd be very good at because I'm like, I don't get all the rules. Yeah, what are we doing here? Yeah. Do you enjoy watching basketball? Um, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I do. Yeah, I do like it. It can be kind of, it depends. Sometimes it can be kind of boring to watch because it's just like pass, pass, goal. It's so pass, up and down. Pass, I know, goal. one end to the other. Yeah, because it's so fast. But um, I yeah. love, I like watching highlights of it because you get yeah. to see all the cool moves and stuff. I um, my other main hobby as a kid was I don't know if you ever did this was throwing rocks into rivers. <laughs> no. I loved that. I could stand there for honestly three hours and just be like throw this like on an embankment and just throw. Terrible for soil erosion. But I just love the splash. <laughs> yeah, the splash is fun. Oh, so much fun. And you know we would ride our bikes around and and um. We had rollerblades and we would set up like little ramps in our because we lived in a court, a cul-de-sac. Oh, that's so fun. No cars and so not many cars coming and going. So 
we had the road to ourselves. So yeah, we'd we'd set up little ramps and jump off them and our it felt massive, but it probably was like it was like a small plank of wood and I was like, sick Whoa, look at it go. Um and then yes, high school was music for me as well, I guess. Still sport, but um that's when I was in a band for a bit. So much fun. Um yeah. My oh my, my and in terms of fads, which you could say is a hobby. Yeah. Went through all those, you know, all the T V shows, all the stuff that everyone loved. But the number one one of my life was of course Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, okay. Oh. I, I didn't get so into the Lived cards. for them. I liked um I had a Pokemon game on my Game Boy, which I liked. Um, was it a red or a blue? I had red. Oh, I had blue. Yeah, nice. Such such and fun. And I did like that. And I've, I've thought about getting it on the Switch, and you've been playing it a lot on the Switch recently, Yeah, so you? I got the one. So there's Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is the new new updated one, which okay. has like all the six million new Pokemon that I don't really know. But right. the one that I got was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, yep. because it is essentially that red or blue or Pokemon Yellow remade just with better graphics and Fuck on a bigger yeah. screen and yeah. so i know all the pokemon i remember them all yeah i remember the, the the gym badges and all that stuff that you get so yeah, I, I just good. i just beat it i recently beat it yes good job so much fun i've thought about getting it again but i don't know if i'll still enjoy it maybe the nostalgia i'm not sure but um yeah i mean i, I hope that answers the questions that's our, our hobbies yeah from as uh, when we were children i don't really have hobbies anymore podcasting yeah, it's 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 well, it started as a hobby. Now that's yeah. kind of a job. I used to play ukulele a bit. Now I've, I haven't played for ages. It's somewhere in my house. Hmm. I need a hobby. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's our that's our fact quote or question section, which brings us to everyone's other favorite part of the show, which is of course the Patreon shoutouts. That's right. These people have been supporting the show, and uh, one of the rewards is we shout out to them, and we usually. Come up with a game, Jess, or you most often do. Yeah. Tying back to the mad trapper of Rat River. I was kind of thinking of um, like where they'd hide out. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's good. Is that good? Yeah, where they'd hide out. Okay. Mm. So, is it a location? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't think they're shooting any cops. Okay. They're just hiding out yep. for a bit. Maybe they even just, you know, need a bit of a break. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, so without Matt here, maybe we'll do four each. What do you reckon? Let's do Get it. Get through a few. Do you want me to kick things off? Please. I would love to thank from London in Great Britain. Have you heard of London? I've heard of it. Mm. Couldn't point to it. <laughs> we would love to thank James Edwards. Thank you so much, James Edwards. James um, is a, a, a supporter of the show who's, who's come to our live shows before and... Um, has a has a delightful laugh. Oh, the laugh! I thought this might be you, James. Yeah, Edwards. that's James. So thank you, James. Um, and I would also love to thank. Well, we were going to say where he's hiding out. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> James. Where is he hiding? I'm like, no, I mean, I'm done. To be honest, James, it is difficult for you to hide with that laugh. So it has yeah. to be a very unfunny place. Um, he's hiding in the change rooms. <laughs> Okay. At a big W. Oh, fantastic! Which is a uh, quite cheap <laughs> uh, chain of department stores here. Yep. Fantastic for a bargain. Yeah. Love a big W. And to hide. And uh, you're in the the change room. How many, how long has you been in there? Um, two months. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, because they, they do sell food too, so we could have just got supplies. Yeah, he just sneaks out at night. Nobody, I mean, it's poor work ethic from the people working there who haven't cleaned the change room. I mean, a couple of times people have knocked on and said, you're okay in there? Yeah. Need any help? No, I'm all right. Oh, well, good, thanks. Just change your voice a bit so they don't think it's the same person in there. How long? I'm fine, thank God. <laughs> how long could you be in there and how many times could they say, are you okay? 
before they bust down the door. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like when they're closing, surely. Sorry, you've got to go. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> you need to say that. Sorry, we're actually closed. I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. That's no, okay. <laughs> Just trying on the other pair. <laughs> no, I've got all the sizes I need. Thanks. Yeah. Mate, we're going to call the police. No, I don't need anything. No, all good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what a great place to hide. Thank you to James. Um, I would also love to thank from Berlin. Love to thank Clara, Louise. Hildebrand. Fantastic. Great to have a listener from Deutschland. Yes. Sing along. So good. Where would Clara be hiding? She's hiding in plain sight. Oh, yeah. Mm. At the casino. Yes. You lose track of time in exactly. there. Have I been here a week? Have I been yeah. here three years? I no don't know. Knows. <laughs> There's no windows here. There's no <laughs> clocks. Terrible place to work, by the way. Have you worked? No, I am. Um, I've just recently met someone who uh, is who works at the casino, and is only about twenty two years old, and said several sexual harassment cases. Oh wow! She's already lodged. Oh wow! It's a bad place. My goodness, and we're of course not naming a casino. This is somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. We don't know where this casino is. I nearly worked at a casino mm-hmm. when I was about twenty two. I got offered a job when I was doing a lot of trivia hosting. I could have been the bingo caller. Oh, my God. But I was going away and I said, oh, can I just start two weeks later? They said, no, you have to start straight away or not at all. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. That's so dumb. So I just – and to be honest, from what you've just said, I don't know where this casino is. Let's assume it's somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> or the Southern Hemisphere. We don't know. Who um, knows? Maybe that, that wouldn't have been a good job. But you're right. Just, just in terms of – I don't think it would be that super fun to work at because it is that dark. They're weird places. With lights. No, but no natural light. Yeah, it's not good. No real fresh air. Yeah, but I mean, Clara's fine. Yeah, she's hiding out there. She's hiding it's out. Great and to she's, hide out. And you know, like she's seeing shows and stuff that they have on. Yeah, and there's a cinema. Like she's she's not in the actual like gambling no. section the whole time. Maybe only goes in there to get the free drinks and food if you're a high rolling. Yes, feed you a bit. and she is. And they're like, well, you've been here for three weeks. You've probably lost a lot of money here, but she hasn't. Hasn't at all. She's fine. She's just taking that free food, then wandering off seeing another show. She's a genius. Amazing. Thank you, Clara. I'd also love to thank, a little closer to home this time, from Carnegie here in Victoria, Lawrence Martin. Lawrence Martin. I love the name Lawrence. Lawrence is good, isn't it? It's a great name. Uh, Lawrence is hiding in a 7-Eleven. Oh, wow. Okay. So many, but it's like a 7-Eleven that is temporarily closed for renovations. <laughs> renovations haven't started yet, so he's alone in there with all the food. Oh, wow. It's a slurpy machine on. Uh, you best believe it's Oh, on. that's great. And he can just top up whatever flavour he wants. Wow. And it's not all bad food in there. You know, there's pasties, <laughs> crackers and hummus, sandwiches. Some sort of muesli bar maybe. But yeah, he could have a, he could have a chocolate bar here and there. Yum, yeah. yum. That would be great. I'm definitely hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely hungry. So he's hiding out in the leftovers at my house that <laughs> so I'm going to eat after this. Oh, man, I'm going to go home and have a pizza. <laughs> That is probably my plan for tonight. So, when you're listening to this, I ate pizza four days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yum. A little bit of sizzle for you. Oh, I love pizza. You going to get a margarita? Probably, yes. You always get a margarita. I do. I love it. Uh, You can't beat a classic. Do you get a couple of pizzas? Because you're feeding two people, I assume, with a pizza. Absolutely, yes. And do you do a bit of a share? No. This is how how we knew we were right for each other. Was that we went, when the first time we went to the movies, we sort of had a discussion about sharing popcorn or not sharing popcorn and we both said we'd prefer our own popcorn and it's really? the same with pizzas wow. we get our own pizzas 
It's not that we don't share. I mean, he just demolishes pizza and he eats meat. So he will usually oh, have okay. a meat pizza, which I don't yeah, eat. Okay, all right. That definitely does make and sense. And I never quite finish mine. So, yes, he definitely has one or two pieces of mine as well. Oh, okay. Because I love the getting two different pizzas. Pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have both. 95% of the one. Yeah. And then the one slice, we have a swap. I yeah, I love, love that. Love swap one. You swap once. Yes. Yeah, so, you just get a little bit of a trade because you've... St- You've picked your favourite. Exactly. So, so I want to eat it. You want to eat all of it. But then also you're like, well, that does look pretty good. I'll have a little bit. We went to a new pizza place the other day, um, which I'd had with some friends before and I forgot. I knew the pizzas were big, but they are insanely big. The box was like this big. They're like, I'm not. Jess can't even hold out her arms big enough for this box. It's huge. You, I could get in the box. We had, we got one pizza and then uh, Aiden was like, let's get. A half. You could buy a half as well. Mm. So you got a half in a different flavor, and we did not get through one entire pizza. <laughs> it was insanely big, and then you get like garlic knots as well. It was just heaven. Where is this place? It's Sal's Pizza. It's a New Zealand chain. They've opened in Melbourne as well, and it's very good. It's really big. It's fucking huge. Love it. Anyway, sorry to derail there, but I'm very hungry. Um, and finally, I would love to thank. From Perth in Scotland. I didn't <gasps> know there was a Perth there. Yes. I mean, there's always the chance that we're named after their Perth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, there's like, there's there's another, is there another Melbourne? There's definitely another Victoria. We've got the Melbourne, Florida. Oh, yeah. Melbourne, Florida. Thank you. And I think, is there a Victoria in Canada? Probably. Anyway, from Perth in Scotland, I would love to thank Megan Bain. Megan Bain. Megan Bain. Uh, Megan Bain is, of course, hiding out on... A golf course. Yeah, of course. Open. But it's nice weather. Oh, yeah, of course. Sadly, not- probably not in Scotland. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a lovely balmy day. And she's sunbaking on the sandbanks. There you go. That's quite nice, isn't uh, it? And uh, I'm sure Megan would love to hear this uh, fact while she's sunbaking. Perth was named after the birthplace of Sir George Murray, who was British Secretary of the uh, State for the Colonies when the city in uh, Western Australia was founded in 1829. Ah, cool. So there you go. There you go. We love it. We love it. Do you want to thank some people? I would love to thank some people if I can click the right tab on my <laughs> yeah. computer. That's why I panicked before. I was like, and um, the next person was just because I was trying to get back to the right spot. All right. Well, let me just say that our next uh, name comes all the way from Horton, Norway. Wow. Horton in Vestfold, Norway. I would like to thank Henrik... T. Peterson. That's a fantastic Norwegian name. That's so good. I love a middle initial and T is a good one. Henrik T. Peterson. Henrik Ibsen, of course, one of the most famous Norwegians uh, in history, let's be honest. Uh, Henrik T. Peterson, thank you so much for your support from Norway. And where is he hiding out, Jess? Uh, He's hiding out in... uh, I love... uh, Disneyland. Oh, I love it. He's hiding out in Disneyland. That's another great place to hide out. Yeah, you could be there for ages and as not long, see it all. Yeah, as long as you're not like trapped in the uh, small world after all part. Yeah, that, no, that's haunting. You don't want to be hiding there. If but you, you no know, would look for you. Again, seeing shows, going on some rides, plenty of food options. Lots of food. Big turkey legs. Do you know that that's a big thing in oh, Disneyland? Oh, yeah. Mm. Not for me, thanks. Mm. I quite like turkey, but I don't know about munching it just a... On a stick. Yeah. Take <laughs> yeah. on a stick. I would like to thank now from uh, Royston in England. Another fantastic name. They're all fantastic. It's Florence Jones. Oh, that's a beautiful name. name Flo Joe. Flo- oh, yeah. Florence Jones. Sorry, Florence. You've probably got that a lot and you probably don't like it that much. So, 
Apologies, but it just came out of me. Um, it what? flowed, you could say. <laughs> Shut up, Jess. Stop talking. What about uh, Ents Owns? Second part. No, Flojo is better. See, there you go. <laughs> there are bad options too. There are. Where is Florence hiding? Uh, she's hiding out on the moon. Oh, my God. That's not a great hiding spot. I know. How are you going to get back when, well, when you're ready to? That's the problem. She has been there. She's stuck. Since the late 1960s. Oh, my God. Has she got food? Uh, yeah. Because like, she can't hunt, can she, on the moon? No, that's right. Luckily, there's a lot of those toothpastes that are actually meals somehow. Yes. That they eat over on the and obviously space. moon cheese. Well, yes, of course. So she's got countless crackers and a lot of moon cheese. Mm, yum. Yum. Good for protein. Thank you so much, Florence <laughs> Jones. I would like to thank... Now, we're going back up to Scotland to Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Fantastic that words said in that voice, but still. <laughs> have a crack. Uh, Andrew McLeod. Andrew McLeod. That's a Scottish name. Yeah, that certainly is. Andy McLeod from Aberdeen. I believe he's from there. Aberdeen. Mm. Oh, I'm not doing well, am I? I think that he is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's hiding out on the set of Taggart. <laughs> and but like as an extra. Yeah, exactly. But he's in the background of every shot. Every shot. The director's a bit like, what's going on? Why is this guy always Why is there? This? I mean, like this is just like someone's at home in their bedroom alone now yeah. and he's just in the background. Andrew's like, "No, I'm meant to be here." They're like, "Well, he's, oh. his accent's pretty authentic." He right. says he's meant to be here, okay. I guess. <laughs> Murder. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Andrew. <laughs> And I would also like to thank now from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Oof. I would like to thank Jared Schaefer. Jared Schaefer is hiding out in a big cup. <laughs> How big's the cup? Very big. Wow. Is it's it, a very big cup. Like a drinking cup? I just looked at this framed picture I have, which is a, a teacup. It says ambition on it, like wow. Dolly Parton's Pour Myself a Cup of Ambition. Oh, now I get it. And I also love that uh, you were so ambitious for, for Jared. A big, a big cup. cup. But like, I was like, come on, Jess, you can do this. And I looked at that. There is like a, a drink, a big drink, one of those big cups they give you at the cinemas. There's one of those on my desk and it's for Men in Black International, <laughs> which I did not see. It was when I went to see Frozen 2. Oh, right. But you got your own popcorn, of course. Yeah, of course. Beck knows the rules. That's who I went to see it with. And then I looked to the left and there was a cup of ambition. So, sorry, Jared, but you're hiding out in a very big cup. <laughs> Is there anything in the cup with him? Um, he's made himself quite a little home. Oh, wow. It's okay. quite nice in there. Right. But it's a big cup. Is it so big that you need It's actually a house just in the shape of a cup. You know, oh. like the old lady lived in a boot kind of thing? Yep. It's just like a cup-shaped house. Do you still enter from the top? Yes. If it rains. slide, so if you have to like pour yourself right. in. But if it rains, will you drown? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he lives in a very dry place. Oh, thank goodness. Good luck, so Jared. he is yet to drown. <laughs> <laughs> yet to drown. Keep us posted. What a claim. Let us know when you're drowned. <laughs> uh, um, thank you so much to everyone. That's, yeah, the dying words are, I'm drowning. I'm right, let you go on, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep, all right. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone that supports the show You make the show possible And um, we really appreciate you We really do And well that um, The only thing that we have left to do If I'm remembering correctly Is to thank uh, Or to induct some people Into the Triptych Club That's right uh, I guess while you're checking If anyone's coming in Jess Because not every week But um, people that's been supporting the show On the shout out level For three years Continuously without breaking off To thank them again 
We'd like to induct them into an exclusive little club where there's some hors d'oeuvres that will be served, some live music. And once you're in, I mean, if you want to stay, you can stay for life. It's a life, life induction. You can hide out there. Oh, that's a great place to hide out. Yeah, because it's got everything. It's mm. like a like the menu changes every week. Mm. And it's so like hidden, it doesn't appear on Google Maps. Yeah, and like really famous musicians perform there and it's just like an open bar and there's sleeping pods. It honestly has everything you need. Mm. So I don't know why you're all complaining about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, come on. Come on. Um, so we do have some inductees, actually. I think we've got three this week. And will they be eating anything special? Um, yes, they'll be eating... Uh, I was trying to relate it back to today's topic, but... I don't... Like, what was he trapping? Uh, anything with fur, furry stuff. Of course, cause for the fur. So I don't want to think about that. Yeah, so... so nice. Rats? Rats on a stick? <laughs> No, only nice foods. Pizza. We were just talking about pizza oh, for a long yum. time. Oh, get it in. Pizzas. Um, there's actually like a pizza chef there, so you can build your own pizza. Oh, I love that. Build your own pizza pie. Yeah, and it's pretty good. And they've got all ty- all types of like sauces and drizzles and stuff. It's oh, my favourite thing is to drizzles. Add, a, add a pesto drizzle to my margarita pizza. Oh, okay. You're pimping your margarita. That's good. Yeah. I love to pimp <laughs> pizza. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got Pizza Chef and then drinks-wise, what goes well with a pizza? Um, uh, okay. Come on, Jess. <laughs> what goes well with a pizza? Um, I think that... Like beer or cider goes well with pizza. Yeah, beer and cider's nice. Yeah. yeah I love cider. What about... Do, do we have a home brew at the bar? <gasps> yeah, Quite nice. Yeah, nice little home brew. It's okay. a nice one, though. Matt's in charge of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, good. Well, let's let him know. Yeah, yeah, let him know. Sort out a beer, would you? And uh, performing live this week, we are very, very happy to have the yeah, original cast from the Aladdin animated film. Oh my god! Performing are they doing, the songs? They're from doing. Aladdin. Oh, they are. Yeah. Wow. None of those are like dancey kind of bangers. Prince Ali, glorious oh, Yep, I beg yeah. your pardon. It's a bit of fun. Ali That's fun. So yeah, it's fun to do with your mouth. So, a lot of fun. And then Robin Williams is doing a bit of stand-up in between as well. Some impressions. Yes. You know, making fun of people, but not too meanly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everyone, it's all in good fun. It's all, everyone's going, it's just Robin doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not offended by it. I'm laughing along even though he's picking on me. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh my God, how does he know me so well? Perfect amount of of mean there. Um, So, this week, yes, we have three people joining us in the Triptych Club. First of all, from Riverview, Florida... Christian Goodyear. Oh, it's a good year now you're here. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that this is something you do and I love it. Uh, also from, what's M.O.? Oh, I wish Matt was here because he's been memorized. Is he it Missouri? It, and is it St. Louis or St. Louis? Louis. Because we haven't we had this argument it before? It is Missouri. It is Missouri and it is St. Louis. Louis. I would love to thank Cody Jenkins. Jenkins. Welcome. <laughs> I'm just saying welcome. All oh, right, you I thought, I thought you were jumping. You, I'm not jumping in. This is your baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first name again? I'm playing. Cody. Cody. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Cody. I barely even know him. <laughs> that's good stuff. It's not, but that's what's so fun. Uh, and also, uh, Cody's well, my Brody. <laughs> Also joining us at the Triptych Club, what's GA? Georgia? Probably. From Suwanee, said that wrong, 
in Georgia, Scotty Young. Young. The night is young now. You're here to get <laughs> us going. <laughs> so thank you so much to Christian, Cody and Scotty. Welcome. Please make yourself at home. Um, put your feet up. Yeah. Only if your shoes aren't dirty, please. We are trying to keep the furniture yeah, in come nice on. I condition. mean, we have like fantastic furniture in here. Yeah. I mean, you're not animals. Um, uh, thank you so much. There'll be some more people next week as well by the looks of it. Little sizzle. Oh, fantastic. I'll have to uh, start studying their names <laughs> and I'll go on rhymezone.com. <laughs> is that a thing? Do you remember that? The, I don't think it is anymore. Rhymezone. You type in a word and it'll just give you the like the, the words that rhyme with it. Wow. And it was, but it looked like it was made, and it probably was. It's on there, rhymesend.com. It looked like it was made in the uh, early 2000s. Oh, that's good. So if I typed in uh, Cody, for example, which yeah. I struggled with a little bit before, you said Brody, which was very good. My Brody, uh, Depody, Amodi, Toady, Melody, four syllables, <laughs> little Roadie. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna Cody, my little roadie. Got him a little roadie. When you said melody, was that melody? Uh, yes, but with an I on the end. Okay. A female given name, apparently. Oh. Melo- but it must be melody. But that doesn't rhyme with Cody. No, it doesn't. See, rhymezone.com. Fantastic place. A constant source of inspiration <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Is that everything we have to do? That's all of it, isn't it? That's everything. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Get in contact anytime at dogoonpod.com. But I guess for the 250th time, I'm just going to say thank you so much for listening to the show. We never really thought it would probably go this long, to be honest. No. I just, mean, just because we didn't plan, we didn't, not, that sounds a bit more, but I guess we didn't think it was going to fail. We just didn't really think about it. It was just something to do for fun. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it was just. It, you're exactly right. It was something for fun and then it, it sort of has morphed into something a whole lot bigger and that we are still baffled by every day. Yes, but still having fun doing it, thank goodness for Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully here's to 250 more. Yeah. We'll see how we bloody get on. Yeah, let's go episode at a time yeah. for now and see how we go. Let's, here's to one more next yeah. week. Let's try. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I say that every week. So, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, get in contact if you would like to. We're on all the social medias at Do Go On Pod. But until next time, thanks so much and I'll say goodbye. Bye. Laters. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.